Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. On today's show, we have the return of 70 years a used fan, Bill Boydell. We catch up and get his take on the current situation in our league and football sort of starting up again and a lot more besides. We also announced the winner of the first Sussex by the Sea quiz and that lucky devil will be getting a stadium tour and a shirt given to him or her by used director Pat McCrossan. We've got George's take, finally some fixture alerts, the always legendary Pat song pick of the week. We have pleasure of Chris Agata and Billy Wood joining us for the fan round table. There's a lot to enjoy there Hastings fans, but first here's Bill. Hello Bill, it's Chris. Oh hello my boy, how are you doing? Oh, not the... Well, not too bad, mate, uh, all, all things considered. Okay, right, well, it's been six weeks since I last well, spoke. We're going to go up into the other room, because the wife's watching telly at the moment. Oh, is she? I know, I've been relegated, I've been relegated as well. The, the, my, uh, my wife and me uh, youngest boy, they're watching some Christmas film. Um, you mentioned football, it's like a bloody national fucking holiday, isn't it? <laughs> right, I'm going out in the dog room now, right away. Right, I'll see that here. Okay, mate, go ahead. Lovely, okay. Well... First of all, I mean, what's your thoughts on the season being suspended? I know there's been talk now of uh, possibly like a friendly league happening over the next month. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Bill? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think that if, if people are willing to go and separate themselves and watch the game, I don't see why they shouldn't. I can understand, um, you know, if they start cramming people in and all that, all right. I mean, I, I'm... Because I'm 80, I'm quite vulnerable to, yeah. to the thing. But, but I mean, I don't mind going to a football match where I'm where I'm not crowded in with people. And when when Hastings were playing their games in between the, the, the bands, they did very very well. I mean, I went and sat in the stand, and people were sensible. Yeah, and they all get away from each other. And with 400 there, it was it was no problem at all. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it was it was it was quite good. Yeah. Um, but I. I'm just hoping that they don't suspend the bloody league again because it's cruel, you know. Mm. Um, It's uh, it's just going to knock the interest of it of people, you know. They're going to say, "Oh, well, what's the point?" And it's it's (laughs) I don't know how to explain my feelings. Really, it's it's it would be such a shame that we've started off the season so well again, and Mm. I can't see us not getting promoted if the season goes on, but to have it snatched away from us again. Is going to be a disaster. Yeah. You know? I mean, as it happens, I mean, talk, I mean, when you think about the team that we've got now, I mean, like Billy Woods. I mean, when 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 he first when I first heard that we had a guy called Billy Woods coming to the to the pilot field as a CEO, the new CEO. Mm. I, I didn't know he hadn't had an old one. Never mind a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, some others probably did. Who is this bloke? You know, yeah. is he an ex manager or is he an ex player? Or is he just a businessman who wants to get his name on a football board to, to go onto his CV? Or, or what is he? But it was only a matter of a couple of months before you realised that this bloke was good for the club. Mm. And he's been good all the way through. Mm. And, and it's, it's, I think it's unusual to have a, someone like him leading from the boardroom. And you've got um, Chris Agatha, who I think unquestionably is the best manager that this club has had for many years. With yeah. those two together, I mean, we're we're on a winner, you know. And it seems that if if this is if their efforts are going to be squashed um, by this bloody stupid COVID, it's going to be a, it's going to be terrible, you know. It really is. Mm. Um, 
I mean, they've done a wonderful job. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it just the, the club when when Woods came here the first as soon as he'd been here a few months the club seemed to alter. There seemed to be a new sense of um, enthusiasm all the way through. You know, I mean, the players, the, the rest of it. You know, I mean, we've got we've got possibly the best the best playing surface in in the league by far, and and probably better than a lot of teams in in leagues above us. You know, so it, it's. We've got everything going for us. Yeah, no, I, I, I agreed, Bill. I agreed. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that are very frustrated at the moment with all this. Yeah, um, I mean, it must be frustrating for the players. I mean, they, they've just got themselves together as a team. I mean, all right, you, you don't produce a team in the first two or three weeks of a the season. They have to get together, and they've mm. got together very well. You know, and there seems to be a nice flow with them. Mm. Um, but it's 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 shocking to think that all the hard work that's gone in. Is being knackered. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, whether they're going to let let Hastings have a, another go at it with four hundred spectators. I mean, I, I think they could let more in. I think they could probably let five hundred in. Mm. Um, you know, they, as long as the, the stewards do their job and they do a wonderful job, the stewards there yeah. at the pilot field. You know, separate them along the along the touchline on the opposite side to the to the grandstand, and, and it, it, you know, it's it's terrific. It's just a shame, actually. Although in this weather it wouldn't be possible that we can't have supporters on the grass bank the other side because that's a safety issue, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it would be able to spread out there a bit more. But I think that 500 would be, would be all right. It, it's, you know, we've all got to take a chance in life. And it's, uh, I don't want to be silly about it, but mm. uh, I would be quite willing to go if, if there was a 500 crowd. And, and I'm one of the old gits that's, that's you know, <laughs> But I know that the the season has been suspended. It has been suspended. Uh, it's been paused. Um, and that's the latest. I'm I'm talking. Well, I'm talking with Billy and Chris Agata later. I've got a, yeah. a chatting with them because they're 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 going to do something for the podcast. So yeah. it'll be good if you can get on the old YouTube when I when I put this one out. Yeah. That um. They're, they're talking about what's happened with this meeting and also what they're going to do in the interim because what they might try and do is while we're waiting for the season to start up again, they're going to do like, um, they're going to talk with all the clubs in Sussex yeah. about doing like a, a friendly league, if you get what oh, I mean. Yeah, so, so because uh, it's only the, 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 like for instance, one of, some of the clubs that are calling for the league to be paused are quite happy to play in the FA Trophy Oh yeah, yeah. But the league can't happen. It's like, well, what you, well, but you know, you can't be concerned about safety. Do you know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I found stupid. We can we can go and play a, an FA Trophy game, mm. but we can't play a league game. Yeah, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, it, it seems crazy to me. But I don't know how many people were allowed in at uh, at the FA Trophy game. But oh, uh, no, it'd be the same amount. It'd be the same amount, um, Bill. But I'll tell you what. what, what as, in all your years of watching football, I mean, has anything like this happened? I mean, I know obviously a pandemic hasn't happened before, like in this way. But like, has any have you have we ever had a, a run of games where like for months have been cancelled? I mean, have, as I can remember, no, never. I mean, all right, you get a couple of weeks when in the middle of winter when it's snowing and the pitch is frozen. All right, that's acceptable. But I've never known anything like this. Mm. They've said, oh no, leagues are cancelled and all that. I've never known it. I mean, I, I, it's. Uh, it's just some, oh, mind you, we've never had this sort of situation before. But, um, I mean, when you're thinking about having a friendly league, 
Um, there are some good little local sides. I mean, Sidley, Bexhill, mm. Westfield, they'd probably all join in. Well, um, I, I think they've spoken to definitely to them. I know that, yeah, 100%. I think he has sent out, I mean, as you said about Billy, he's, he's yeah. very proactive. So, um, you know, I think it's a watch this space. And I mean, I think we've definitely got a game bill on the 12th. We're definitely uh-huh. playing at home on the 12th. We've got a game. Because Pat, you know, Pat McCrossan, one of the things to do in the podcast is I've got a quiz going and it was to win a shirt. Obviously, you've, you've, never, you've not listened, so you wouldn't know no. about the quiz. But it was, no. the, the quiz question was, can you name the two, apart from Sussex by the Sea, in 2014-15, what were the other tunes they played instead of Sussex by the Sea? Oh. Anyway, no bloody person got it, yeah? So I've, I'm having to pick a winner out of all the losers because lots of people sent in, which was nice. And yeah, I can't remember that. Pat's given a shirt and that and a little stadium tour. Probably you no, just sit there and talk about Leeds the whole time. I can't recall that, mate. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Well. You see, although I've been a <coughs> supporter for a long, long time, I've never been able to get where there's been a season, you know, where I've been at every game because mm. you know, I had two years in the Navy, 22 years in the Air Force, I was never around. Mm. And then after that, I was in jobs where I was away at weekends. You know, so I, I suppose that some seasons I've probably only seen five or six home games. Mm. Um, but I've always got the observer and poked through to the sports. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And, you know, even when I was overseas in the forces, um, I always had the observer sent to me. Where was the funniest place you, you read the observer then? I mean, what, what, what countries did you, uh, were you uh, doing your t- service in? I've sat, I've sat in a, in a billet in Aden with 110 degrees temperature sitting there in my underpants. <laughs> <laughs> observer. Reading the observer, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I always found it very amazing, actually, that uh, my best mate while I was over there was from York. And we, he, he used to get the Sunday papers sent, the, the, the people. And my yeah. dad used to send me the news of the world. Oh, and, oh yeah. It's was that bef- is that before it got a bit naughty? Was that yeah, it? Tottenham were playing a northern club. Yeah, I'd read the report in my paper. He'd read it in his, and the reports would be entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some northern correspondent would say how lucky Leeds were. Yeah, the correspondent would say, "Cool, blimey, that Leeds were so unbelievable." <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but, Classic uh, football fans, isn't it? Oh, that, it is. It's always exaggerated. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I, I remember. When I spoke to you last time, I mean, mm. I, I don't know, we, t- we talked about passing back to the goalkeeper, didn't we? And yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah. And socks up over the shorts and ladies' teams and, um, and all that sort of thing. And about that, did we mention, I, the one thing I, I think I mentioned was about the, the most feared man at the club being the trainer. I don't know if I mentioned Yeah, you that. did, yeah, with his sponge <laughs> and they were trying to run off from him. Yeah, my mate my, my, my <laughs> was yeah. Not on a cold day, definitely. Uh, no, I mean I, I've enjoyed. I've, I I don't understand. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't understand that someone living in Hastings can be an avid Man United supporter. <laughs> to me, you support the team that's your local mm. team. You know, I've, I've never I've never supported any team really. Yeah. I suppose maybe I'm not. No, I don't think I've ever supported any team. I've been up and watched a few games. Mm. Um, I went I went with my son to watch Man United and Chelsea play in a cup game at Stamford Bridge. And my son got the tickets, but he got them from a Chelsea supporter, and he's a Man United supporter. Mm. And Man United won 5-3. And he, 
minutes sitting on the Oh bench. dear, yeah. I was going to say, did he? Did he? Did he dare jump up? Oh, he didn't. And I tell you one thing. I've been thinking about that. Did I, did, I don't know if I told you when my my granddad came down and, and watched Hastings play. He was in his eighties then, and uh, he uh, he was a Shrewsbury fan. Oh right. And which is about ten miles from Shrewsbury. And he came down, and we went up on the bus that used to go from the by the cricket ground. And Hastings lost three 0 at home. And uh, we were on the bus on the way back, and he said, uh, "I can't understand you lot." He said, "Your team win three 0 and you're still bloody moaning." Because <laughs> the opposing team were playing in blue and white, the same as Shrewsbury. He was talking about the wrong team all night. <laughs> oh, bless him! <laughs> I thought it was quite quite strange. Oh. We did this, I did the same as that once when I was in Germany. We uh, Arsenal were playing Cologne in an FA Cup in a, a European Cup game, mm. and a dozen of us decided to get a, a minibus out and go over to Cologne and to watch the game. Mm. And we um, it was an evening kickoff, but we left our unit about midday, so we got there about half one, I think it was, and we decided to try some of the local pubs. So by the time kickoff came, we were. Well, you know, we were a little bit leery. Yeah. <laughs> the, the team in red and white scored, and of course, about after about twenty minutes, because we jumped up and we were mad. Of course, they were playing in the yellow shirt. Yeah. No idea. Oh dear. Getting back to Hastings, though. Yeah. I just hope that they don't postpone the. The league again. I mean, I know it's going to be difficult because it means that they're going to be fixed with at least two league games a week uh, to catch up. Yeah. Uh, but Hastings have got a fair, they haven't got a huge squad, but they've got, they've got all these lovely youngsters that play for the under 18s. And mm. that. But they're quite capable of playing in the first team, you know, one or two at a time. But uh, it's, it'd be such a shame if they do. You know, what you were saying earlier, Bill, I think that there is a thing of they're saying it's postponed. But it is to be reviewed. I think that maybe sensible heads will come in, I think. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I can't understand the rules and regulations they're making, you know. I mean, you got to the stage where, OK, you can go and, go and sit in a pub till, till 5 to 10 at night and drink your head off, mm. uh, and that's all right. But at 5 past 10, you're not allowed in there. Well, what's the point of that? You know, can't you catch it at 5 to 10, you know, and you're bundled <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, I, I, I went down the, the Blackbrooks to get some uh, Christmas lights because uh, my daughter, my four-year-old, she's desperate for some Christmas lights. And it's pandemonium yeah. down there. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely yeah. jam-packed. And you think, well, and you what? And you can't have football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, you know, like, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it doesn't make sense. The supermarkets, you go around the supermarkets. Like, I, oh, you yeah. know, I go in the Aldi. You know, yeah. people are naturally, because when you're in a supermarket, you, you're looking at things, you're picking yeah. stuff up, oh, no, I don't fancy that, whatever. Well, you've yeah. got your hands all over everything. It, it, right, it's to pick it up, put it down again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I don't oh, want it, leave it alone. I mean, I, I go once a week to Morrison's, and I, um, I used to go Thursday night. Now I go on a Friday morning mm. about half past seven, mm. and the place is virtually empty. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, the thing I could never understand was why, when this first had started in the, in the first place, um, why everybody went and bought hundreds of toilet rolls. No, um, I don't. That, that was the thing that got me. I mean, uh, I didn't think that uh, COVID nineteen gave you gave you uh, you know that that sort of problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I've got COVID. I've got the loo again. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But oh, I don't, uh, it. what did the Spike Milligan say? There, there's a lot of it about. 
That, that's oh, all that's I, yeah. Right. There's a lot of it about. That's all I can say to that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so he was a bit of a bit of a grinder for saying things like that. Oh yeah. I mean, <clears throat> one of the, one thing I will say, if, if I've been watching football on the television, of course, because I haven't been going anywhere, but well, the best football I've been watching, maybe not for the connoisseurs, there's a program on a Saturday morning called The Big Match Revisited. Oh, my, my friend John mentioned that. Oh, the old. Um, Sort of seventies yeah. and eighties. Yeah, Seventy-five. Yeah. You know, watch those games. I watched one this morning. There was so much sand on the pitch; it looked like Hastings Beach. <laughs> I mean, the pitches were absolutely horrible. Mm. I mean, they were just sticky mud and that. But the guys still played good football, you know. And they, mm. they nobody complained that they'd been pushed over when they hadn't. Mm. You know, uh, nobody got uh, booked for simulating because they didn't used to do it. Mm. It, it's just straightforward good football, you know. That's, this is what I can't stand about the modern game is all this passing back to the goalkeeper. Oh, well, yeah, you, you said that last time. I yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. I remember you had a thing about that, Bill. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it just ruins the game. No, I mean, you, when, when you kick off, Kicking one way only, you're not kicking both ways. <laughs> well, know? to be honest, if you remember back in the day, back in Liverpool used to do this all the time. If you remember, they oh. would get the ball, pass the ball back to the goalie, goalie picks it up, bounce, right, bounce, bounce. Good. But at least they got rid of the thing of picking the ball up. Yeah. Because that I was mean, negative, that was. When Liverpool were the team, I mean, if that, they would just, they just win 1-1-0, didn't they? So mm. they scored one, that was it, that was the end of the game. I mean, they had 11 defenders after that, it's unbelievable. Well, it was a bit like the, bit like the Arsenal team, wasn't it? Remember the what was it like the mid mid to late eighties Arsenal team? You remember with the I don't know if you you were following them then, but they yeah. they they were like the Tony Adams, yeah. uh, Lee Dixon, uh, yeah. what's his face? Who was the one? Nigel Winterburn, yeah. Steve Great Bold. Defense, yeah. Oh yeah, fantastic defence, but yeah. but it was just you know arms up, arms up yeah. every time, offside, nothing, yeah. you know. But anyway. I was watching one of these games on this match we visited. I think it's not this week. Last week I was watching it. And the team were winning 1-0. And there was about eight or nine minutes to go. They they didn't take the ball to the corner and start mm. fast. They were still trying to score another goal. You know, they, they didn't think about doing that and wasting the time. It's it's just so much play acting has got into the game now that it, it just... You know, it's just, it just it just ruins it all the way around. Well, I'm talking to Aggie. I'm talking to Aggie in about an hour, Bill. Yeah. Shall I ask him about that? Shall I ask him why the, the, these bloody managers? In, uh, they obviously it's obviously an instruction, isn't it? It's an instruction. Yeah, okay. Get that yeah. ball and put it in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't I don't think I've seen Hastings do that, mind you. They've I've, mm, seen, I've seen them do it a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah, still, they've been drawing and still trying to score. So I haven't seen them do it, but you know it's it's just wrong. And and when when they're trying to see the ball out over the goal line, and they get in between the ball and, and the other player, mm. and when I played, that was obstruction. But now they can they can fend a bloke off the ball, you know, and and it's just it's just accepted. Yeah, I mean, you know? I think it is something you need to look at because it's a for it's it's. I wouldn't say it's a form of cheating, but it's definitely not in the spirit of the game. You you want people to be trying, don't you? You don't you don't want yeah. it to be being intentionally yeah. negative because that's what that is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, quite honestly, I think that the standard of Hastings football at the moment is is you know really really good considering mm. the league they're in. I think they've got you know they're doing very very well. And oh, they're, absolutely. They're worth you know, I mean, I haven't. 
I, I, I used to go to Brighton with my son now and again, and my son used to go quite often. He doesn't go now. We, we've overcome. Oh, I don't. Yeah. No, I know. I know you. I mean, you told me last time. I know. And then, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, you know, having some football to watch. I mean, will will, will yourself or your son come along if it's um, a, a four hundred gate? I mean, would you try and come oh, along? Of course, we will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we. My son gets me the tickets because he's good on the old internet thing, hmm. and I told him that. Any time he gets, he puts in for a ticket. He doesn't have to ring me up. He just automatically gets me one. Mm. You know, if there's some reason I can't come, I still pay for it. But you know, it, it's uh, oh yeah, we, we'd come if I think we you know it as long as as, it, as we think it's safe, we will come. And when we were coming, when it was four hundred, we considered it safe. You know, yeah. It, uh, well, particularly it, where you are, that main yeah, stand is very easy to be sensible there. And socially distanced. Obviously, if, if you're in a stand with like the likes of me and the ingrates that are in there, they're all jumping about. It might be a bit a bit different, but no, we we uh, we get up in the set up in the stand. We we're yeah. quite happy with that. Um, in fact, I like watching a football match from above. I don't want to be 300 yards up in the gods or something. Mm. But I think if you're about sort of 20 odd foot or, or more mm. around that bit above upper, you can you can see the game better. Yeah, you could definitely read the game better. Definitely, no, I, I completely on, agree on with you. And all you can see is, is from the sort of in your eye line, you've got like waist downwards, mm. <laughs> if you like. But you, you don't get the full picture. But if you're if you're sitting way above the ground, mm. way above it, you, you get a much better picture of it. It's uh, it really is. You you can see all the moves evolving, and you can see how players are uh, are running off the ball. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's it's great. I like it like that. Mm. No, of course, sir. We've got. That's the, this is the problem, Bill. We've had no bloody football to talk about. I can't talk to you about anything. It's, it's a struggle. I, this bloody podcast. I've had you know four yeah. weeks of, of of trying to stretch it out a bit. No, I can't think of anything else important to say. If you're going to talk to uh, Mister Mister Good and the, and, the, and the manager, please give them my best and tell them they're doing a super job. You know, uh, yeah, I we'll have do. No problem coming to watch their team any day of the week. Oh, good. Nice words, Bill. No, I won't. But no, I'll always come and watch them. Yeah, no, they're playing well. Well, I don't know if you've been kicked. Well, I don't know if, how much you. I don't know if your son's been listening. Billy Woods put a contract on the table for because Chris Agutter's contract runs out uh, this season. Yeah, and I, he, hope he, I hope he stays with us. Yeah, he's put a contract on the table because yeah, I was pestering we Billy about that. A long way to get another guy that is so is, is more committed than him. Mm. And the good thing is with him. That he gets on with the board. I'm sure he does. And I'm sure he gets on with Billy Wood. Mm. He gets on with the board. Sometimes you have a good manager and you have a good board, but they don't get on together. Mm. Uh, but as far as I can see, that the, the whole group of them are, are sort of have got together and they've gelled well, um, yeah. which is a super thing, you know. Well, it needed to be with all this, these yeah. delays, these right. obstructions, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's good that... Yeah, they've been patient. They've supported each other. Yeah, you know it, it's terrific. And the, I mean, the the guy in my mind that stands out in the club is the groundsman. He, he's that that pitch is an absolute. Oh, it's a, it's great. You know how, how he can keep it like that. Um, I'm sure that it's uh, it's difficult because I know the water comes down from the top pitch, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it it's strange actually that that pitch up at the top used to slope so badly. That the water run, you'd think the water running down of it would have swamped the yeah. pilot. And then when they leveled that pitch off, it seemed to adversely affect the pilot field to start with, as far as I can remember. 
but it's certainly it's now it's in perfect condition absolutely okay. perfect condition um, okay. I bet there's many a League 1 and League 2 team that would like that playing surface I had a chat with him a few weeks ago on the podcast. So, I mean, I mean, again, that's that's on the YouTube. You check him on the YouTube if you want, Bill. You know, he's a sound bloke. I mean, he's downplays himself. I was saying because he's a bit of a miracle worker. I don't know if you, I don't know, I can't, I don't know if you went along to the Ashford game. Did you go along to the Ashford game? Oh, this Ashford. Oh, yeah, this Ashford at home. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 Ashford from Middlesex though. It wasn't the Ashford. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying how much of a miracle worker he is. To get that game played, because remember it was yeah. it was horrible weather. Oh, it was. And um, it was, it? he was like, "Nah, just completely downplayed it." And I'm like, "Mate, nah, come on, you know what I mean?" Like that. Yeah. Just, just a pity those Ashford lads couldn't behave themselves as supporters, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that was another thing. But anyway, yeah. listen, Bill, it's just a pleasure speaking to you. Just pass my good wishes on to the the manager and Billy. Oh, Wilson. absolutely. Super job, I think they're doing. No, I will okay. do, Bill. Okay, my boy. Right, yeah, you take care. Have a nice evening. And you, my boy. Bye. George's take eye is back. Oh, well, this is nothing. Just a little swelling. Probably a minor infection. Looks like there's some blockage. What the devil is that? Hello. Right, I'm talking to the lovely George Gasson. You attended the Averley game. Didn't go for us this, this time. We lost 1-0. Your thoughts, George? Disappointed, of course. But overall emotions, great to be back watching a game of football. No. Under the lights, games always fun or decent away trip. Loads of positives, to be fair, uh, despite the loss. Positives being seeing Madari start a game, even though he was strange not to see Kenny Starks and play, even playing so well. It's good to see that Madari's sitting up to start. Lloyd Dawes coming on and Norris Scott coming on being real handfuls back from injury. Marcus Goldsmith putting in a real shift and looking really exciting. Looking, you know, looking like. Clayman has started in 11th place for his own. Uh, Nolly Black's absence. But to see a real togetherness around the club still, um, despite this time apart, we've still got a strong unit there and a unit of players that connects to the fans. So loads and loads and loads and loads of positives. Did it look like a game that, a game that this was the first game they both played in four or five weeks? Or did it... Well, obviously, Avery had a friendly on Saturday against Braintree. He lost two months Braintree. Who are in the level with who in the national south. So they had a very decent run up Saturday and they passed the ball pretty well, to be fair. Just that maybe perhaps that last pass for us where it all links up and finally clicks wasn't quite there. And that, maybe that's down to a lack of games and playing together as a group. Um, yeah, you could probably argue that. So yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it's the most entertaining game of all time or whatever. But that's probably, yeah, did you use that in a month of? Okay. And uh, the travelling sport, how many did we take? It's always hard to count, you know. We had we have over twenty behind the goal, and there's always quite a few in the main stand. Um, it, and I know the attendance said it was hundred and thirty odd, I think. It's pretty low. Yeah, a bit yeah, but it, it felt pretty fifty-fifty. We had more behind our goal than they had behind theirs. Okay, and Averley, did they have a voice or were they pretty quiet? They got louder as the game went on, to be fair to them, when they, when they scored and for brief periods. But as it always is when we go in there, make more noise on the other side. But, you know, they, they gave it a bit of a The ground's kind of weird. They got, there's no, behind, no, no stand behind the goal. So you've got either side of the goal. You've got a little stand, but there's nothing directly behind the goal because the fence where the goal is kind of bends back oh, away okay. from the goal. And there's mm. just like nothing there. So, um, 
hard well, as a group of support, but yeah, they gave it a bit of a go, but they uh, they weren't as loud as us, and certainly weren't as loud as us. Okay. Well, we wish Avery well in the next round. Absolutely. Any more thoughts, George, or will we leave it there? Yeah, see, they've um, put a John Cheshire at home in the next round, and we've already played them this season. That's, that makes it slightly easier to, to swallow. But, um, yeah, it's good. Well, and also, please, a bit, of a bit of a protest game last night. Maybe my voice is heard about the terrible decision that's been made to cause the league. A huge part of that was made by the Avery Club secretary, Craig Johnson, who's the vice chairman of the league. Uh, he wanted to stop games, but also wanted to play their own game, wanted to play their own friendly and their cup matches, but don't want to play in the league. So, obviously pretty disappointing, but we made our voices heard there last night as a club and a fan base that want football to be on and league football to be on. So, that was quite important for us last night. Okay. Well, thank you very much, George. Think of it, gentlemen. Hoof and mouth disease, a thing of the past. Never mind that shit. Here comes Pat McCrossan and his song pick of the week.
And now we come to the winner of the Sussex by the Sea quiz. None of you lovely buggers got the right answer, but I've chose the winner from the list of wrong answers. I was really impressed with the amount of people that wrote in. Ever so thankful. And here it is. Here's the winner. It's... Cliff Burt. Well done. Very well done there, Cliff. Cliff wins the home jersey and the stadium tour. Congratulations, sir. Right, we have football back at the pilot field. Hastings will be hosting New Haven FC, a three o'clock kickoff this Saturday. To get tickets, because it is a all-ticket affair, we've got a new site. It's skiddle.com, S-K-I-D-D-L-E.com. That's where you're getting your tickets. It's very easy to use. And that's seven pounds to get in on the door, or eight pounds with a pound booking fee on Skiddle. Those tickets are going fast. Anyway, Hastings fans, that's for Saturday, and on Sunday we have Hastings women are playing away at Roffey. It's a half one kickoff. No tickets to worry about for this game. Just turn up at the door. Here's a special fan roundtable with special guests, CEO Billy Wood and the boss Chris Agata. They join regulars John and George. And thanks to all of them for making it happen. Uh, oh. Aggie, Aggie. You all right, Aggie? Are you all right? Yeah, you all right, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're all right. John Wills is here. Uh, Hi, John. How are good you? Good evening. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Oh. I've just been treading on some kittens. Have you? Oh, I, I know I know that. Shame no one ever photographs it. I mean, because that's what we need. The evidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right then, we'll just get, we'll just George, get Billy right? in. Yeah, I'm good, Ags. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Keeping fit? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing loads of running, to be fair. Loads, yeah. Oh, it's been good. Is Billy on, is he? He'll be on in a sec. I've literally yeah, just been texting him. A little heat seeker. Well, <laughs> I've not been able to keep up with it today. What's been going on? I don't know. We've been training all day, so I've uh, been down at the club most of the day. So. Brilliant. It might have uh, something might have gone off on social media. I haven't, I haven't looked. You barely don't mind winding a few up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so anyway, before uh, Billy comes on, I mean, this thing we, between you and uh, John. I mean, is it ever going to get sorted out, or I mean, are we going to go on forever like this? The problem is, he looks very intimidating with that beard, so I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I, I'll, normally, I'd resort to this now. I'm joking. No, I'm yeah. totally fine. My, my son. In the, in the boredom of this lockdown, he said, you've got to grow a beard and shave your head and look like a Viking. So I, I've sort of gone along Viking. with that. Yeah. Uh, it looks so, all right. It looks all right. Yeah. Yeah. He had a King Jong-un hat on last week, Chris. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, I want to see these figurines. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the figurines, mate? The what? Your figures. Oh, don't know. Oh, the figurines. Oh, I'm in the wrong room. Yeah, he's I only think. allowed in one room at a time. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? He calls himself a communist and he's got more than one room in his house. That's a joke. Exactly. The outside toilet, George. Sounds good. We'll make a good Saturday night of it. 100%. It's just weird because it's Saturday and it got to like four o'clock and I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. This is wrong, isn't it? This is wrong. You must be missing it. Yeah, it's just... it's. Obviously, like we love watching the football and everything, but the football is is in terms of the day. It's almost a small part of it. It's the main mm. bit. It's the you know, it's it's the day. It's the release. It's the having a, having a shout and a and a swear. Recording this, by the way. I just like that. Yeah, 
No, it's, it's the release. Yeah, it's that's getting released. used, mate. Oh, yeah, I know that'll get used. Yeah. It, it's it's funny though because my my wife, who's not a massive football fan, even even she misses it because obviously it's such a big part of her day where she goes and like takes the boys to football and stuff like that. It's um even even she sort of says she's missing the football and wants it to come back. It's yeah, great. it's it's just it's just bizarre with everything, isn't it? And. I think the joy of having the football to focus in through all this COVID business were, mm. and then suddenly the rugs whipped from under you, isn't it? And it, it's, it's trying to work out how to keep the, the morale and the motivation up, isn't it? Through these times. I, I think, I think the problem, the problem is, I mean, I've heard it, it was obviously in the first lockdown. It was, so many people come out with, yeah, but people are dying. And it's like, oh, you know, like, I almost trying to take, claim the moral high ground. I hate that. Yeah, give me some, give me some yeah. figures. Yeah, virtue signaling, mate. That's what it's called. Yeah, but it's like, well, yes, we know, but unfortunately, one of the sad parts of life is that people die all year, every yeah. year. It, it's not nice, but unfortunately, life needs to move forward. And I think, I think so many people have been probably negatively impacted on a different level by having things taken away. I mean, my. It was interesting. My son, obviously, during the first lockdown, wasn't at school and obviously couldn't play any football because grassroots football was taken away. And it re he really sort of, he almost fell out of love with football. Like, you know, it was an important part of his routine and sort of um, going out and socialising with friends and um, seeing people away from school. And when that was taken away, and then he got thrown back into it, obviously, after lockdown and it, it took him a long time to get used to it again and it was I, I don't think people appreciate how bigger bigger impact it it can have no yeah. I, I i'm even thinking of ending this now because i can't be bothered and going watching strictly dancing <laughs> <laughs> no, no well, people are thrown, oh, at, oh, people on, are thrown at, at us like people are dying but no one's living either and that's my mm. big problem no one's no one's living um, but we've got Tuesday. We've got Tuesday, mm. and we've got we've got yep. someone to target as well. So we're all good. Yeah, so. we got what? Someone to target? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Aggie's nodding. So the guy who represents Avely is a secretary. Isn't he? He's a secretary. He's he's a, he's a club secretary. Yeah, yeah. and he's vice chairman of the uh, Isthmian League. Oh, yeah, right. and, and he he wants the season called off because people are dying. Think of the bigger picture, and mm. they're happy to have a friendly today, and they're playing us Tuesday. So, mm. obviously, COVID's yeah. cut tight, and, it and in interestingly, as well, on Tuesday, that they're not doing any bookings over the internet or in advance. They want all cash on the gate, which is even more incredible, seeing as we're supposed to be working in a cashless, COVID-secure society. So, there's lots of sort of conflicting messages coming from Avely, definitely. But it's all personal benefit, and oi. that's the problem when you have to get clubs to vote, isn't it? It's just when, when, personal benefit. Oi, 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 I was, when I was speaking to Avely, right, I didn't know about any of this. You know, like, I'm mm. talking to him, and I'm, it's the usual shit with me. Oh, they sound all right. It was a bit like when I was talking to the Ashford one. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're a nice bunch. And then yeah. they turn a bunch of wankers. And it's like... Every I'm time just, you interview someone... I'm just very someone, naive. I'm naive, every time, that's it. What? Every time. Every time. You said it was going to be fun at Faversham as well. Yeah, I, I think Chris, Chris, you do. You're easily taken in, and you, you it turned out that you organised that whole trouble at, at the Ashford game, didn't you? Uh, 
Well, Somehow I was, I was there to catch the steward as well. It was amazing, wasn't it? Right. It was, yeah. Yeah. Safety yeah. Dave. I thought so, you'd come into on, it somewhere. Yeah. Right, Billy is on his way. Sorry, chaps. The um the Avely uh the Avely angle's definitely been part of the uh, the team talk building up to the game. Because there's obviously a lot of frustrations, especially now the FA have made a statement today that they're going to go down a points per game route if if the season isn't completed. Which, when you think the Avery secretary was part of the the board and the organisation, which none avoided at seventy five percent of the season, that mm. then a few months later has gone. Actually, we should go go points per game. And now a I couple of, joke. you know, after the second lockdown, they're going, well, we should go points per game. You just think, oh, so it's, that's it's definitely, the, definitely fuel. Yeah. It's an absolute joke, isn't it? When you think how close to the end oh, of the then, season we were la last year and and um, points per game would have been fair enough. Now they're thinking of ending a season even earlier, potentially, and and then going to points per game this season. It's because they want to restructure the divisions, isn't it? It's the, F mm. the FA's benefit to do it. I mean, it could get to a point where clubs are going to have to apply for promotion. Really old school. If it's that early, if they cut the season off now and it doesn't finish, it's so mm. early to do PPG, isn't it? it, it it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny feeling amongst the group because we're sort of looking at each other going, we've lost two games in nearly two years, like two league games in nearly two years. And like... Obviously, the Isthmian League pointed out that we've got the best defensive record at our level across the country. We're the highest points per game team um, across the country at our level, and yet we're still sitting in the same league. It's just to have had that sort of sustained success, but yet feel none no, of the benefits. Bored. It's just, yeah, it's frustrating, very frustrating. Right, yeah. Billy. Billy, 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 Billy's here. Hello, Billy, thanks for Hello. coming. Uh, no, I sorry, I'm late. I didn't get the link, Chris. I didn't think you wanted me on. Wow, just John. John was telling me Billy out, but that's you know. Oh, has he changed now that Chris is on? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, yeah. he's a wimp. It's a, a wimp. difficult choice now. <laughs> <The wimp. laughs> um, no, no, but well, I don't know where we start really. I mean, well, let's should, can we talk about that that initial meeting? And yeah, of course. How did it come up? How, how did it come about? There's nothing and, to hide in it. Well, on it, Chris. So, like, we got we all got a message saying there, there's going to be a, an Ishman League meeting. So, myself and Dave Martin, obviously the club secretary, joined it. Um, I've no um, no qualms of actually hiding how I feel about the meeting and how I feel about the board, the Ishman League board. Um, even though we get warned on on letters from Nick, the chairman, about our conduct and what we think and how we think and if if. We think it's wrong. We should step up and do better. Um, the truth of the matter is, I felt the meeting was very negative. I felt the meeting started with a with an intent, and it was very loaded to to move it. There was no there was no right. Okay, open open canvas here. What should we do? Let's um let's up let's go up with some ideas of how we're going to play football. It wasn't. It was a, a straight vote. Um, either agree. To put the, to pause or disagree. Didn't say what disagree would mean. Didn't say what disagree would achieve. Um, it just said agree or disagree or um, um, you know abstain, which one club did, which I'm pretty pretty surprised at. But if you look at it, 
on that call, we're, we're talking, and Cray Wanderers and a few other clubs were very positive, looking at ways to to get football back, get people playing football again, getting you know looking at un, looking on looking and understanding the tier problem that we understand. We know the Kent's in tier three, like it's we know that to have no fans at grounds is going to be tough. But the problem is the the lack of clarity around T-bar and, and alcohol has given people an excuse to push football back because what that's done is, is people leaning on the fact that there's no secondary spend, which is actually false, completely false, because our council, many other councils, if you look at teams around us from Bexhill to Westfield to other teams, all their T-bars were serving takeaway food and drinks today for example. Mm. So secondary spend, not no secondary spend at step three and four is, is false. Yeah. Tier three, if you're in tier three, yes, you can't have supporters, which you're going to, if you've got no supporters, you've got no one to sell secondary spend to anyway. So it's a case of going, okay, tier three can't play. We understand the problem with tier three teams playing if they can't get any income in. So why don't, why don't tier three teams sit and wait kind of in a way that if, for example, we had four weeks of incredible rain, pitches would be waterlogged anyway and games wouldn't be played. Why couldn't tier three teams sit like that and wait and get their games in and have to play Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday to catch up in January and February? Mm. That was any, any initiative into getting football played again never received an answer from Nick on the call. Okay. So every time anyone made a positive, this was his response. Okay, thank you. Um, next on the call, um, who else has got their hand up? That person, yeah, you next. That was the response every time. Every time every, anyone said, COVID is killing people. Think about the bigger picture. We've got to push this back because we can't get fans in. We can't get money. Good point made there. This was Nick. Good point yeah. made there. Good point made there. So for me, regardless of the meeting, regardless of the vote, it was always going to get stopped. It was always going to get pushed back. And that's because it's the easiest thing to do. Now, I get it from a league's point of view, pushing it back puts the problem back a little bit, right? So I don't have to deal with it right now and then. When I brought up the point that the 16th of December, there is a review on the tiered system and potentially, and it might not, it's the best to be honest with this government, you need a crystal ball and then some. Tier three, um, Kent could potentially be out of tier three into tier two. And on the 19th, which was meant to be the start date for the Ishman League, we could have restarted. When I said that, what was said was three days isn't long enough to plan. Why, why do you have to wait to the 16th to plan for the 19th of December? Plan now accordingly. Mm. And if you need to, for example, if you then need to cancel, then cancel. But it's better to have things in place rather than wait until something changes. And it's... It's reactive and not proactive. And this is my issue with the league and their communication, which is very old-fashioned, in my opinion. It's very much driven in a way that I believe is just to make it easier for them a lot of the time. What they all don't realise is, is because they, they, they talk about the integrity of the competition. Well, number one, they, they absolutely ruined the integrity of their competition last year with, um, with 10 games left of the season, none and avoiding. Completely. So integrity of the competition, whatever. I've got, I've got no time for the integrity of the competition. Secondly, it said about it being an even playing field. Now, let's be honest. 
Every single team has a different playing budget. Every single team gets different level of fans in the ground. Every, little, every single team has a different commercial revenue income stream. Every single team, for example, sells, more merch, sells merchandise even more or less than the other. So no one's on a playing, um, a, um, equal playing field from the start anyway. Because, for example, if, I don't know, for example, AFC Wimbledon, when they started and they were in, in, out, and in kind of the divisions... Do you think they had any? They were on an equal playing field to Hastings United at that time? Of course they wasn't, because they were Wimbledon, get taking two thousand fans home and away. They had a shit ton of my French, a shit ton of shareholders that were pumping money into the club to get them up the leagues, right? So they could afford better players than anyone in their, in their step. So where's the equal playing field? Mm. It's ridiculous. Equal playing field meaning that everyone can play football games with fans in the ground. No, not everyone can. So why can't you just look at it and be actually be a little bit more creative and keep things moving? Mm. For one, the spot. If you're if you're the pitching in sponsor and you've just pumped money in to this step step three and step two of football and um, step three and step four, excuse me, of football. And and by the way, there's a massive break in it. You're pretty asking for an extra year, aren't you? Surely. Yeah. All right. So the Ishman League um, were bigging up their big sponsorship deal that they've made this year. Well, they, they potentially shoot themselves in the foot on that. We made a big sponsorship deal for the ground. Okay. Great sponsors and great advocates and great supporters of the club, by the way. So they won't ask for anything more because that's not their mentality. Mm. But they should. Yeah, yeah. Right? So all they're doing by pushing things back and, and doing what they're doing is actually creating problems longer down the line. Mm. So... I just don't get why, it, why it's so cut and dry as push it back to when it's going to get better. Because this, this, this virus ain't going nowhere. And it's not going nowhere on the 8th of January. It's not going nowhere the week after that. And it's not going to go anywhere in February. This vaccine's come in and it's going to take time to roll it out. So, and that could take the whole season. So what happens next? Does the league not start again? Do they start on the 9th of January in the exact same situation we're in now? Or we could be on the 16th of December, for example, the tier system. And we just lost a whole month. The biggest time of the year to get people through the gate, spending money and being festive and with their families. Every, I don't care if you come to Hastings every single game. Boxing Day, the, the capacity restrictions lifted. Hastings would probably get an extra 100, 150 people on top of what I believe would be 1,000 people coming to games if we had no restrictions because they're all home for Christmas. Mm. Because people like to go to football on Boxing Day. It's a, it's an, this stop you know, the extent, um, the pushback of the league, for example, wipes out Boxing Day and New Year's Day, all right? Mm. Two big, big money-making opportunities for football clubs, okay? People at home, people, you know, it's an English tradition to go, a lot, a lot of people, families will go to football on a Boxing Day. Um, a lot of people, a lot of hate, you know, people may be disconnected with Hastings United in the past or live away now and, and, and haven't been caught up with the wave that we're on. Will come back, come through the gate for the first time again, and could not be infected with COVID, but could be actually infected with love for the football club again. Yeah. And it's a massive missed opportunity, it really is. And can, I, can I just ask, um, why do you think that there was a overwhelming vote? I know it wasn't in overwhelming in our section, but no. to to pause the season, I, I just can't understand it. Really, is it clubs lacking motivation and wanting a no, I, no, I wouldn't say that, John. I wouldn't say what that. Would you say? I, I, I would say if you look at the Northern Premier and and the, the tiered system up north and in the other areas, um, it is it is quite restrictive. It is quite restrictive, and I think 
Um, it's quite black and dry. Like it's, this is sometimes I think, and this isn't, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here because there's, there's a lot of people that I bounce my stuff off at Hastings United. So it's not about me. Okay. It's not about me at all. I'm very fortunate. The team I've got here that when I come up with a crazy idea, they can tell me if it's good or bad. And, and it's a lot of time bad as it is good. So don't think. Is that, true? Is that true, Chris? Is it true, mate? No. No, very good, Chris. Very good, sir. Very good, sir. So, Carry for on, example, right? right just, just give you a bit of clarity on, on on what I'm saying, right? I think it's not as cut and dry as there's no fans in the ground, don't play football. It's just not like that. If I looked at it like this, and and, and Chris was very much in these conversations because it, it affects Chris and it affects our playing staff as well, that we have to look at how the club makes money on 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 the budget based on what we anticipate we were going to get through the game, okay? So what we're going to get through the game, what we're going to make in other areas in the football club, and how much percentage of that are we going to spend on a football team? And with the, the limitations, we've had to adjust accordingly and make sure it's not just, not just, not just right to compete, but right so the football club doesn't go into into you know, major financial trouble. People have this assumption that Hastings United is just backed by um, these Essex millionaires who are just rolling money into Hastings United Football Club. And no matter what, Hastings United will be fine. No, Hastings United will be fine because they won't allow the club to go into trouble. So, for example, this Hastings United won't die with the current ownership and leadership at the club. But we still... We don't throw money at things. Yeah. We, we look at how, why and when and how we can grow the club. What can we do? We knew we were hamstrung by this 400 capacity thing. And I said to Chris at the start of the year, I reckon it will carry on for the whole season. We were hoping it would change, but we thought more than likely it's going to carry on for the whole season. So we look at that and we go, right, this is the money that we can, that we can bring in for the football club. X, Y, Z through all the different areas. So, so fans... Burger sales, merchandise, that's why the big new merchandise thing's in there right now, which has proven, you know, it's improved um, merchandise revenue by 600% on last year already, which is unreal. Um, those areas, the, the commercial side of things, obviously the, the, the ground being the TGS part of the field. Now, we looked at all these areas that we can make up the problem with it. Mm. Lots of people won't do that. They go, well, we can't get fans in. Um, or we, we, we can't do that, so there's no way we can do it. There's always people that want to go, that's the way we used to do things, that's the way we have to do things, this is the way it is. Thing, life has changed, things have moved on. I would look at it another way. If we can have fans in the ground, I would have actually voted for us to play games still, because I would have found a way for the supporters to watch games of football, i.e. streaming, okay? Um, and partnering up with some local um bars that sell food for you guys to go into and watch the games of football to bring money into the football club as well there's ways around it you can think outside the box and i think half the the no's were probably people that just don't think outside the box yeah half of them legit um, probably actually 40 percent of those were probably people that really feel there's no way if there's no fans or they can't start yet and i kind of believe in that this vote was just a little pushback and not a prolonged pushback because I tell you what if tier two in Kent happens on the 16th do you think all those Kent teams don't want to play football I guarantee you most of them will want to again and they'll be a bit upset with themselves 
short term that actually but surely this is a surely this is an area where this is it 14 million the share that's allocated to our tier is it um surely that's where that you know if clubs were worried about revenue from matches where fans aren't attending surely this is where this is what this money should be used for i would imagine john, the problem the john the problem with that is simple it's there's no clarity on what you'd have to pay back because it's mostly made up in loans. Yeah. yeah. So all it's really going to do is kick the can down the road. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make anything easier. It's just it's taking. It's taking a loan really. So it's yeah. It might be you know it, it could be interest like the interest could be incredibly insignificant in it, but it's still kicking the can down the road. You still got to pay it back. I think the other thing with that is um, Nick Robinson has suggested that. No, no clarity on loans or grants will be for ages. It could be till February till that happens. So, okay, so why the hell is the grants and, and loans thing in, in that loaded initial question? Because that's what a lot of people will be thinking. Well, actually, if we push it back a bit, we might get a grant, you know, on December 31st, which means we can play in, in January. It's a loaded question. It, it, it's a false narrative. And then going back to the percentage breakdown, 10%, I genuinely think, run the football clubs for not, because they're not, football, like, not for football. Someone said in a call, we, may, we are actually better off as a business without football. Better off with no football. They'd rather not play football. We've got no, and Joe you know is it's players, it's player wages. So my argument is, spend within your means. If you can't afford it, if you can't afford, don't compete. Just, just, just hope that you get a great unit together, have, get some good coaches, and stop worrying about spending ridiculous money on players at this level of football, paying, in some instances, League One, League Two, National League money for players, and stretching yourself So if, if you can't afford it. Mm. If you're getting 1000 through the gate, paying £10 a pop every week, spend your budget how you want. If you're getting 52 people... And fifty of them are concessions, and and two of them are under sixteens. Yeah. Spend your fifty quid on, on what you can get, or build an academy. Bring young kids through. Go to the clubs like like you know. Go to the clubs in in the step above, and 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 have some sort of relationship with them where you're taking some of their young players on. Just think, be a bit outside the box. But to to say you're better off without football is an absolute slap in the face to football. I get some people are better off. In, without playing at the moment because their bar aren't, bars aren't open four or five times a week, so they've not got that revenue in. And I get that. But then just adjust accordingly to, to try and continue football, which is playing football is so much more beneficial to the supporters' mental health, to our, trust, to our coaches, our players' mental health. I'll tell you that. Everyone's struggling with the unknown. Yeah. The earliest week I said to Chris, you've got to go and win the FA Trophy. Because it's the only way it seems that we're going to play football, Hastings. So we've got to go to Wembley, which I think we can do, by the way. But if... Aggie, Aggie, do you sign the contract at Wembley then? Is that what, is that what it works? <laughs> I hope that... You want me to answer that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. No, good, can, you, can, can you keep your voice down, please, Chris? My cat's getting a bit anxious when it hears your voice. <laughs> what but just this is, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with the voting isn't it? and we said and the same was said with uh, League 1 and League 2 teams last season 
where when you get voting, you get personal interest and club interest. Yeah. And the vote, voting just doesn't work. If you vote before a season starts, then it's probably fair. But once the season starts, you can see where you are in the league, you can see your position, and you start voting based on what's beneficial to you. And it puts clubs in difficult positions as well. The way I see it, if you're in tier three and you voted not to play, then I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Not everyone runs Perfect. a club like, like our clubs run. I really understand. If you've got in no fans in, and some clubs don't want to have football, they don't see the benefit of football without fans in the ground, and I get that. If you're in tier two and you voted not to play, even though you know you can have 400 fans in and you know that you can open your T-bar, then why have you got FC at the end of the name of your organisation? I really don't understand it. And if you're using this and people are saying, oh, people are dying, if you're using the fact that people are dying to put yourself in a better position in a football league by voting not to play, then that's the disgrace. Well, let's bring, one, let's, let's bring one of those up, George, actually. The Ava Lee secretary, OK? Yeah. Um, we're playing them on Tuesday night. We travel away in the FA Trophy to um, Averley. Averley played today a friendly in front of 400 fans or whatever they, they're allowed in as well. Selling tickets to, to fans today to play, a game, to play a friendly game ahead of us on Tuesday. They also sell tickets and it'd be beneficial for the large Hastings United following going down who will drink, cheer and buy a lot of tickets to go and watch us and then play. Okay? Their secretary on the call said it's about the bigger picture. There's people dying. How would you feel if someone in your, um, someone got COVID and died in, 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 on your board or committee or whatnot? Football shouldn't be played with, with this virus around, okay? If he feels that strongly, he's an absolute hypocrite. A hypocrite that the fact that he can sit there, have a friendly game, okay, FA Trophy, they've got to play the FA Trophy game, or forfeit. If I was him and felt so strongly about it, I would have I'd urged my my um, club to forfeit. Yeah. But they've got friendly as well. So, okay, he talks about how prevalent this disease, um, this, not disease this virus is. And with that, they're playing two games in the space of, what, four days with fans in the ground. That man is a hypocrite. He's also the vice chairman of the league. And that, for me, sums everything up. Yep. If... It's just, I just, I can't get my head around it. And it's got to the point where I think people, because we, as Chris says, have only lost two league games in, in, this, in well, two years, which is absolute bonkers, and have that winning mentality and that aura about us now, people treat that sometimes as arrogance a little bit. And when we go into these meetings, they look at it and go, well, Hastings only care because Hastings want to get promoted. And Hastings, that's all Hastings care about not actually true we do all we do everything we can to safeguard our supporters pat mccrossan has done an incredible job that the council are incredibly happy with his safety assessment okay we've i wanted many more supporters in our risk assessment than pat did but i listened to pat because he's the expert okay mm. pat knows what financial implications there are by having less in but pat didn't waver his his job he stuck true to it and stuck to what he believed would be the right amount of supporters in per, in each stand, um, around the ground and the protocols around it. If we didn't care, we wouldn't put the amount of effort we did into that. We wouldn't. You wouldn't have Haley walking around bloody sanitising the bloody railings. We'd just leave it. If we didn't care about safety, we would do those things. We wouldn't do those things. The fact that we've shut our ballroom down, the fact that you've got Dave Ormerod 
bumbling along buying teas for um, the directors of other clubs because there's no hospitality. Bought, but literally, it's hilarious. If you want comedy, watch Dave Ormond on match days. It's brilliant. <laughs> but doing those little things because we're, we're bound to what we're bound to. Looking at it and going, actually, if we made a mistake, we should be wearing masks in the stand. Pat, get that in, into the risk assessment. That's care. Doesn't mean that we don't, life, life's got to move on. Life's mm. got to happen. Um, you know, and the fact that that guy had the audacity to sound the call, this isn't all about Hastings United. It was embarrassing. We're, we're in a membered league where we all represent our clubs. What, what else am I doing on that call? I'm representing Hastings on that phone call to talk about why we believe there's, there's a way to play football. Don't think, I don't think we have the answers, but I think if we fought a little bit a little more deeper into it, we could be playing football. We could have a game next Saturday, which we, well, we do have a game Saturday, but it's a friendly, but we could have a game in the league, but we don't because well, yeah, no one's thinking outside the box. Yeah, no, no, they're not us though, are they? You know what I mean? They're, they're obviously not putting that effort in. It sounds, sounds like for that degree of hypocrisy, they deserve a good whooping on Tuesday. Which goes to the Chris then. So Chris, what, I mean, what, what's your feelings about this? I mean, from the player's point of view, I mean, I know I saw a comment from Billy when they were talking about, you know, they're happy to not pay the players, you know. What's, what's the boys think? What, what, what do you think about all this? Um, I think overall it highlights so that you look at what tier one, tier two and the sort of funding and support that they're getting from the government and from footballing bodies compared to what we will be receiving um, I think highlights or reinforces what I've always felt is that anything under National League South is seen as dog and duck yeah. park football and it isn't given the uh, credibility and respect it deserves, despite the fact it is the lifeblood of the football pyramid, which, albeit the Premier League and, and the professional game, will obviously get far more airtime, but it's not worth anything without grassroots football that's that that's that's the feed into into the football pyramid and I think I think just the way it's been disregarded does definitely highlight what with what I've suspected when this originally happened that it, it's thought of pretty dimly really and it isn't cared about too much um, which which is obviously frustrating and especially when you watch or you know so obviously during this last lockdown I've been watching elite football on streams at tier two bearing in mind we went to an elite football club in Ebbsfleet a couple of months ago and completely dominated them so I, I just I just I find the whole thing very frustrating um, and I find it a bit sad as well I find it sad that Hastings United is a club that is run as well as it is has got the ambition it has 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 got the support it has and it's the, the circumstances I mean, and it could, it could, it could kill it. And if it wasn't for the like, and I'm just saying it, if it wasn't for the likes of Billy and if it wasn't for the likes of the directors that try and keep things moving forward, it, it could do. Mm. It, it could do. I mean, if, if the lockdowns or if the pause in, in football's made too much longer, it doesn't take a, a, rocket, a rocket scientist to work out that we're a very good team with a lot of very good players. So I would be looking at that if I was in elite football going, well, we can start picking that apart. I mean, we've got an elite football club 
20 minutes down the road. And I'll be looking at us with envious eyes going, they've got a lot of good players. So it's just, I just feel like the whole situation isn't right and it is sad. But in terms of the players and the staff, it's credit to them. They just want to play football. The first thing that the lad said said to me when it all come about was there was no expectation to get paid. There was no feeling of, oh, are we going to be losing out of money? It was all about, well, when are we going to finish the job that we've started? Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's the player's feeling, which I think is, is credit to the lads and probably credit to the supporters and the club as a whole that we've, we've managed to put together a, a group of players that care about, um, the football rather than the payday, which unfortunately doesn't seem to be the case when decisions like the ones that have been made around the, the league being paused isn't particularly consistent. Yeah. Well, look, for example, going back to getting football started, I went to a game today. I went up to, I went up to Croydon and watched Croydon in the, in, in the London Cup and they were serving alcohol. <laughs> they were serving these. They were serving refreshments, food, a lot. Uh, there was probably 300 people there. Um, well, social distance, but there was 300 people there. And it, it just makes you laugh, doesn't it, really, that their league, because they're a couple of they're a step below us, or two steps actually now, I think I think they got relegated a couple of years ago. But they're in, the, in, in, in their league, which is a, a step five and six league, pretty similar to the Southern Combination. And they're playing football. They're back. They're back Saturday, Tuesday, back Saturday, Tuesday when step three and four aren't at all. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. We, we just, just seen that um, another post by Ollie Bayliss saying about the FA's alliance and these committees have put forward a request for a change in regulations to allow the season to finish in June. What's the point if the league, people that run in our league don't want to play now? It's just empty, isn't it? Yeah. It's completely empty. But Chris, what's the team looking like for Tuesday? This podcast doesn't go out till Thursday, so you can tell us everything. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, touch wood, we're we're looking very good actually. I mean, during during lockdown, we're fortunate where a lot of the lads are still young enough; they're still at college. Um, so Tom Chalmers, Ben Ward, to name a couple, we've still been able to to work with because they're part of our full time program, which again is a another tick in the box really for when a pandemic comes around the younger the players you get the better because apparently coronavirus isn't too prevalent in education so yes yeah, it's, it's meant we've been able to keep working with those players and then the ones that obviously aren't at college uh, the older ones we've we've put together quite stringent programs for them um, to follow and I've, uh, the the final total was the the team run 1,124 kilometres during uh, the lockdown period. So they've worked incredibly hard. I mean, like Sam Adams, I hope you don't mind me saying, he's lost nearly a stone in lockdown. And that's not through illness, that's through hard work. So we sort of, we challenged the players to, rather than view it as us losing momentum, let's, let's kick on again and let's, let's, um, let's try and make the gap bigger. Again, credit to the lads. They've, they've worked really hard. We've had three training sessions so Wednesday night we were back in Thursday morning and then today we've trained and other than Harvey Gregg who um, has got a problem with his ankle we've got a full bit of health across the board so we're going to the game confident and bullish especially with the extra 
fuel of what Avely represents to us. Are you starting with Dicko then? Uh, I don't know. Actually, to be fair, we're not sure yet. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on what, what we're going to go with, which is probably... It's interesting. I said to the players today, I said, no one has stood out, but not in a bad way. It mm. was because the level of the, the, the training was so high. You looked at it and went, you know, like, Lord, like Lloyd Dawes is, is unbelievably... He looks like he's like fit. I mean, he, he trained on, I told Billy about it, he trained on Wednesday night and some of the things he was doing to good players. He looked very sharp. So, and he's trained again today. He's got for a full 80-minute practice match and looked very good. So, um, Gary Offick's got his hamstring injury. It's a, it's a touch wood. We're, we've got, we're, we're looking strong. I mean, the only one that's, as I said, missing Harvey Gregg for injury and Ollie Black's still, still banned. So... Um, we, we've got we've got a um, excuse the language we've got a shit trainer shirt um, which is basically the worst shirt never gets washed it's covered in horrendous um, language and all sorts and yeah nicknames. disgraceful absolutely disgraceful yeah yeah and Ollie Black wore it at training today because he's the only player ever to be banned before and after a national lockdown oh. <laughs> Right. How do you how do you look at it then as a manager? Because obviously, if if someone has has a really good game Saturday, they're in they're looking at playing next week. But no one's played. So do you look at who's played well in the last few games that we've played, or does everyone just have start from zero? Um, it's interesting uh, because when I first got the job, uh, I was probably a little bit too ra- not random because I was probably tinkered with it a little bit too much um, and overthinked an awful lot. Uh, every single position was never a guaranteed you're going to keep the shirt we'd look at every game in its own right and it might mean this player was more suited to this opponent in the next game but we've stripped it back a little bit last year and then this year and gone more down the line of continuity is massively important if you're playing well you keep the shirt Uh, obviously we still look at the opposition and we we tailor things but Rightly or wrongly, we also back ourselves to go with we put what we believe is our best team out uh, and a, a winning team. And it's something that Billy speaks about a, a lot is the players are used to winning right, and know how to win. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I know it sounds really obvious, but it's just we just know how to win so that the team that I first took over would find ways to lose games. And it just didn't have that that sort of know-how. Whereas now my job becomes easier and easier because the players are just used to winning and know how to find a way to win games of football. So irrelevant of what team we put out on Tuesday, I'll get a feeling that we're, you know, we'll win. You know, the, the players, as I said, the players know how to win. Aggie, Aggie, I was, I was chatting with that Bill Boydell again. Uh, he's like an old time Hastings fan. I've, I've talked to him on the right. podcast before, right? And he, he asked me to ask you this, right? Okay. First of all, he said he has much love for you and, and Billy. He thinks you're doing a great job. Yeah. Thank he did, you, Bill. He, did, he did moan about the diving and all that, but that's the modern stuff. Not, not particularly us. You know, you know what he's like, yeah. But what he did say goes, like, you know, what's all this about? You know, they take it to the corners and they waste time. Why don't they try and score a goal? Right. He was talking, he was generalizing, but he, he asked me to ask you, why do players do that? Well, I think if any player does it at any other point, then you've got about two minutes left of the game. Mm. It's pretty pointless. But um, mm. I think 
I think from our perspective, I, I can't imagine any of the lads doing it unless unless they're winning the game 1-0 and you've, you're into minute 92 of 95 and you just need to see the game out. Um, but us fans, that, us fans, mm. we're like, oh, come on, we go for the goal. So why, why don't you do it? Just be honest, go on. Because we don't know what we're talking about. So go on. No, I, I, just, I just think it's part, it's part and part of like game management. I think when we yeah. go back to what I was just saying about knowing, knowing how to win games of football, the, the first team that I took over would have won too many games 4-3. They mm. also lost games 3-2. Whereas now it's, it's you do whatever it takes to win. Like one of the things on, in the dressing room, dressing room is find a way. So find a way to get it done. It might not always be pretty. It might, it might sometimes look like sitting born away, but just get it done. Um, and as I said, that's what it comes down. I mean, I mean, I, I think actually in the first year, first and second year, we probably played better football and more exciting football than what we do now. Mm. But for every, um, as I said, we lost too many games for free. Whereas now we probably aren't as exciting as or as, or as attractive. But well, you're controlling we, games. You're controlling we, games. Yeah, we win more games. I mean, something I I say rightly or wrongly because there are obviously our sections of our support that probably don't understand why we keep the ball as much as we do and and why we are as patient as we are. And sometimes I say to the players, look, I don't care if we're boring people, you know, because it's ultimately all about putting three points on the board and putting the club back to where it wants to be. Give me oh, one no. away at Sittingbourne over three all at Phoenix Sports. Three all, <laughs> three, yeah. three conceded three. So yeah, give me the give me the one nil. But, but that's that's what I mean. Like we we could we could um you're only as good as your last result. That's 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 our mentality. Um and that's rightly or wrongly. I'm a bit like that. I mean, Bill will tell you that. I'm I go into every game as if we've lost the last six. You know, like I I'm always confident, but I'm quite. I'm quite pessimistic um, in terms of like, putting runs together. I want to win. I want to win. We could win 10 in a row, but if we lost the 11th game, it would sit with me for a long, long, long time. Like It would physically hurt me. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm genuinely, it gets me. So I, all the time I'm thinking I can't face having that feeling of loss. So we have to win. We have to win, which I think is probably a reason why in the last couple, year or so, we've, or two years, we've managed to put together big, long, winning or unbeaten streaks because we don't win seven games and think we've arrived or relax. It's always like the opposition are decent. We could lose this game. We have to be on our best and, and we have to bring our best level. And I think that that does translate to more consistency. Yeah, on the winning thing, just to add to that, I, I do think as a club, there's a mentality when you walk into the ground or when we go away, not just for the men's team. Now, I think it's a bit of a culture thing with the football club that not that we expect just to expect to win, but we all feel it. We feel like we feel like winners. Like it's not about just standing still and, and ticking along. We want to be ambitious and create great moments for everyone to talk about for many, many, many years to come. Not about being nearly men. Nearly men doesn't mean anything really, in my opinion. So, I look at the players and you look in the tunnel and straight away, and I, I say this crystal time, before a game, because I stand, I stand out of the front, just in front of the tunnel before the guy, before the, the players come out. And you can see it in the players, right? They are winners. 
And they believe every time they put on a Hastings United shirt, they could beat anyone. Don't matter if you're in the Eastman League with us or if you're in the National League South or the National League, we feel like we can beat anyone. And I think it's shown the fact that in the, tar- the last two years that we've played you know, National League South clubs, one now in the National League being Weymouth, that we lost 1-0 very, very, in a very close game down at Weymouth. And then this year, we didn't lose. We didn't lose that game. We just didn't convert enough penalties. In, penalty, in a penalty shootout, and we could have, we should have won that game. We had enough opportunities, but we also, if you look, if you watch back that game, you had Marcus Goldsmith, a, a fullback, playing playing in the left wing position, one on one with the goalkeeper. Now I would have pre- preferred if that was David Radari, one on one the goalkeeper. We win the game comfortably. Me so, too. You know, <laughs> but we, you know, the fact that you know this is Chris's credit that he, you know, he coaches and draws the lads to the point that. We can field any eleven, and we're comfortable and confident that we're going to get something. And that's why you've probably seen the likes of the Tom Chalmers and the Ben Wards come through, is because they can fit into our system and learn it quickly, and be coached and drilled enough to feel like winners. So you got. So if you're breeding 16, 17 year old lads that genuinely feel like they're, they're they're winners, it's a great mentality, and that's kind of gone across the club. If you look at the women. Three league games, 15 goal, goals scored, one conceded um, in two quarterfinals of cup competitions, a couple of big 11-0 wins. It's that winning mentality. It's driving what the men have done into a new setup, what the women are doing, actually recruiting characters that kind of replicate a little bit what the lads do, like having a Rebecca Ralph in who probably replicates a little bit, not what Sammy Adams does as captain, but what Gary Elphick does for the men's having those sort of characters around to replicate the winning formula that we've got at Hastings a little bit. And then you look at it with the kids. These, you've got kids playing for us, under 10s, under 9s, under 11s, 40s, 15s, 16s, all very, very proud to be Hastings players. Like, proud. And you're proud to be a Hastings player, not because you've got on a nice Nike shirt. It's got nothing to do with it. It's down to the mentality of the club that you're now part of. And then you become a winner. And it's not, it, it's just that mentality thing across the board. Now, we're going to lose games across all, all across the whole academy. The academy are going to lose games of football and they have done this year. But it's still driving in the principles of what at the top we do at the club and what it takes to get to the top of this football club. And I was only talking to some of the academy lads in our full-time programme on Friday about why are they on a football programme? You know, is it to Sky of College or is it to play for Hastings United? or even to better themselves and go further and play professional football before we become a professional football club. And that all comes down to the ingraining ingredient of all of us at the top of the club, and that includes not only the directors, but all the coaching staff, having an, and, and then the players in the men's and women's teams, having an aura about themselves that when whoever we play, we're not scared. We're not scared. Uh, there's only one game across the men's and women's this year where I've, I've been a little bit nervous. And it's when the girls played Salt Dean because they're meant to be their biggest rivals in, in their league. And they, you know, they went out there with missing Molly, who's their top goal scorer, with nine goals in three games. It's ridiculous. She was suspended. She was suspended for got a silly red card. And we're missing her in that game when she was badly probably needed. But I still went out there and went out there and got a 2-1 victory that ended up in the last 20 a bit to the that you know, that fans thing about wasting time and scrapping through and just, you know, getting a win, a bit of game management. That's what they had to do in the last 10 minutes of that game. But they've done it. 
So mm. it's that winning, it's that winning ingredient that Hastings United not only has on the pitch now, but actually has in the town. That's why you see Hastings United shirts when you walk around Hastings now. That's why when you go into a bar or you go into somewhere and people people are talking about Hastings, it's the reason why the back of the Hastings Observer is either Chris talking about how great our team is or me going mad about how the league is. It, 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 we're headlines. Hastings United is a headline. And that's because of the winning mentality. So, Billy, there's two things I think our fans want to know about. And one is the 12th of December. And yep. the other one is the Super Sussex bonus cup yes. extravaganza that's going on. So, what's happening on the 12th of December? What can you tell well, us? 12th of December, which is which actually, by the time this comes out, will be announced. So, we will be playing New Haven at home um, for a three o'clock kickoff. Tickets will be priced between a pound for under 18s up to seven pounds for adults. Seems a bit expensive, but please understand why we're charging those prices because it's about keeping us moving, keeping us moving in the right direction and keeping, keeping money coming into the football club. We hope that people understand that, want to support that, which I'm sure with our support, they will. So we'll be playing New Haven on the 12th. With regards to the Sussex Super League, it's a lot of talks going on at the moment with clubs, not just in Sussex now, actually. It's now clubs that are in Essex who, <laughs> who want to join. It, it's quite an interesting conversation. So we're just trying to work out what that would look like. The way I see it is six teams, three home games, three away games over the period between the weekend after, you know, the week after next then go into the 9th of January. Because that's the, that's the date, by the way, that's not been publicised, but Nick kept saying on the call, Nick, the chairman of the Ishman League, kept mentioning the 9th of, 9th of January. So it seems to be this magic date. He believes that COVID's going to get better. Um, you know, the doctor that he is. So, uh, Billy, um, Billy, will these all be Saturday games? That's the plan. Yeah, obviously, okay. obviously, there's going to be FA Trophy games because we're going to go and win the competition. Chris, no pressure. <laughs> but... Within that, it will be Saturday games, yeah. And I'm hoping a Boxing Day game at the pilot field. Oh, so what's, nice. the FA trophy, what's the FA Trophy dates then? We've got, is it? This Tuesday, the following Tuesday, if we win. When we win, shall I say. I shouldn't really say that because it could be egg on my face. But <laughs> I, we've got to go and give it to Averley after that. I can't, I can't wait to see their secretary. It'll be fun. Then we, it's the following Tuesday. And then I believe it's the Saturday. And I might be wrong. The well, nine, oh, there's 19th, 19th. Yeah, there you go. And they're piling in. I think they're doing the, they're doing the draws as well now on um, on Wednesday after yeah, after we win. Fingers so. crossed, home draws on that as well. Yeah. If we get Aggie, Aggie, what's the players going to be like with that though? I mean, are you? I mean, I know you've got to just get on with it, but in, in terms, what in terms of the friendlies or the trophy or well, well, I suppose the, the friendlies initially. I mean, because no, people have plays. I mean, the, the, this is. Um, this is, this is a frustrating thing. It's such a unfamiliar situation, really. Mm. That it's, it's all sort of, it's all sort of new ground. Um, but my, my problem, my problem is, I, I love winning. I know it sounds ridiculous. So even mm. if there's friendly games over Christmas, I'll be selling that to the players as that's nine in a row, ten in a row, eleven yeah. in a row. So when we play New Haven, we'll be full strength. Mm. That's that's what my gut's telling me at the moment. Um, I just want to keep winning um, and, and maintain that momentum. I, the way I see it is, is we've just worked incredibly hard in this second lockdown. It, it would be pointless to then 
start resting people. I mean, I think we've only played 15 games, I think, um, in total. Uh, I might be I might be wrong there. Or it might be 13 games, something like that. And so, and there's certainly no no tired legs at all. It's just it's just a group of players and staff and well, the club as a whole that just wants to get on with it and and um, get back to enjoying their football. So, it's Billy, if it's all yeah, sorry, George, go on. If it's all about Hastings, we're top of the points per game. We'll finish the season now on points per game, get the promotion, and we'll play a big Sussex cash prize league to the rest of the season. That's Fuck it. Exactly, exactly that. that Number one, we want to. We want to win this league in front of as many fans as possible. At the end, you know that's that's the that's the dream, the dream that was stripped away from us last year, which I genuinely dreamt about about five or six times before because of the run we were on. Dreamt about that having two two three thousand people at the pilot field winning the league, going into this year in, in the Ishman Prem and looking to win it again. We don't want points per game. We want to win the league. We want to play every single game and win it. We don't want to. We don't want history books to look at when Hastings United are in the National League. That to start off, they got a points per game promotion one year, and then it happened again the year after. Whilst that's all nice and good because we get out of out of the Ishman League, which if we could do that as soon as possible, it'd be great. But we, we want to go and do it properly, go and win them, win these leagues. Um, you know, give you you know those trophies you sit in the cabinet that we should be proud of, not because we award, awarded it with a points per game as such. I just. That's that's my feeling on it. At for this season, last year, with ten games to go, it was the right thing to do. You could, and the fact that the whole pyramid was mixed with different you know, points per game at certain levels and not others, just showed that Nick, regardless of what Nick Robertson has to say, he drove the Trident League decision. He's the one who drove null and void because the other leagues wanted points per game. He convinced them to go null and void. And he can hide all he wants is the truth. He did that. By doing so, yeah, in, in our heart at Hastings, we feel that we have been, you know, screwed by the Ishman League. So we might be, as an Ishman League member club, for as long as we are, we will be a thorn in, in the current board side because we believe we've been wrong done by it. And people can say, oh, it's because you were top of the league. Oh, it's because oh, all you want to do is get promoted and oh, you're throwing money at it. Whatever. Like, yes, we're competitive. Yes, we want to. If you're not in this league and not yeah. want to win it, why are you in football? Yeah. <laughs> why, why bother? Go and, mm. you know, go and play a couple of rounds of golf with your pals and, you know, stay away from any competitive, competitive sport. Do that. Play some friendly. That's why most of them don't get many fans in. You know, if, got, if there's not that belief coming from the team and this ambition... You know, why would you want to go along? You wouldn't. You know, why we've gone to play, you go to places and there's a hundred odd there, average crowd or something. But, but yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea to use this gap with the friendlies to maintain that match fitness for when the restart happens. But yeah, also, you know, going on about games and stuff, like we've been getting incredible gates for, the, for women's football at that level. There's no denying that. But use that if you want to support our football club and you're not normally going down to watch women's football, it's not really your thing. I would, um, on the 20th of December, please, please, please come down and support the girls in the quarterfinal of the, the Sussex, Tro- Sussex challenge trophy. Um, they've got Worthing town in that. And they, 
you know that you know that on average you know banging in 11 goals a game they're, they're definitely value for money ticket wise that's for sure and they really they they are blown away by the support so far they're blown away you know the fact that george and a few of the you know regulars behind the goal have been coming to a couple of the games banging a drum you know there was an imposter in george's absence at the last game banging a drum which was quite interesting to see but you know it was it's nice. It's, not, to it's see. not as easy as it looks, is it, mate? It's, it's not, not George. It's not, not easy. nearly as good, but not as good. But you know, it's, craft. it's little things like that that really are are driving this club forward. That are really binding it. This whole one club community feel. You know, we're not we're not put. You know, we're not community by name. We're community by action. It's what we actually do at this football club that makes us Hastings and makes us do what we're doing at Hastings United Football Club, and we will continue doing that and. I urge on the 20th to everyone, tickets will be on sale when this podcast comes out. And I urge everyone to come down to that game. Let's, let's get 400 in for the girls before Christmas and get them into a semi-final of a cup. It'd be amazing. I, I don't know whether it's too long a question. I, I just read something very briefly about the FA saying they're in dialogue with the DCMS, which apparently is the Department for Digital Culture, Media and, and Sport. Mm-hmm. And they say that the object of that is to achieve the return of fans to non-elite football in all COVID tiers. I just wonder whether you had any information is, on that. No information, but this is why I believe that the, the, the question asked was loaded and, and also panicked. They had a 19th of December start date for the Ishman League with some teams allowed to play before that. Scrap those games before the 19th and wait until conversations have happened. Wait until the review of the tier system happens on the 16th and then decide what to do. They've rushed it. They've panicked. And how funny will it be if next Monday they come around um, on Monday, suddenly it comes out. Oliver Dowden has, has spoken to the FA and they've agreed that 400 fans can go to all grounds at tier three as long as it's socially distanced. What a mockery does it make of this week and the stress it's put us under. An absolute mockery. So, well, can I just add to that, Bill, as well? Yeah, sure, of course you can. All right, just on that, so a, a board, an Isthmian board, has rushed to make a decision which has then proved to be embarrassed at a later point. Not too much of a later point. That sounds very familiar. I'm sure that happened about six months ago when they jumped on the null and void decision before the rest of the pyramid and all of a sudden or I say all of a sudden X amount of time down the line that then has proved to be an absolutely ridiculous decision and it's something I put on Twitter the other day I find it frightening the amount of people that don't self-reflect and look in the mirror and go do you know what we've made a mistake you know when we when we lose a game well, Bill will tell you, or, or when we have a training session, as, as we reflect on everything, like, like how can we be better? Have we done the right thing? If So when we got beat by Ashford last year at home and eight or nine players had an off day, that's down to, that's down to me, that's down to the staff, because that amount of players having an off day isn't a coincidence. That's bad preparation. So there's self-reflection, right? But how can we prevent that from happening again? And I think it just goes to show the level of the character and the individuals that we're working with on an Isthmian board level, mm. that they have made the same, or that it will prove to be the same mistake. You, you can see it. They're non-football people 
making football decisions. And it's frightening. But again, they're allow- allowed to do what they do because I think higher up the pyramid, the view is it's only the Isthmian League. Yeah, and it also, mm-hmm. on that, Chris, a little bit further on that, it's it's not just self-reflecting. I think it's um, it's just absolute ignorance and yeah. um, arrogance. That's the real arrogance. The arrogance isn't me pleading on a call to try and find a way and being told it's not about Hastings United. Arrogance is ignoring the plea, the plea to get football back. Because the reason why football's so important isn't just about money. We we sold three hundred ticket three hundred season tickets. Do you think we're making great money from from the rest? No, we're not. It, it, it's not it's not paying many bills. But what it does do is it puts smiles on people's faces. It gets people together. That it gets the community spirit going again. To see their hobby get stripped from them. To see their you know look what Wayne Southby does. The way he promotes the football club, which is in no official capacity at Hastings right it's out for his own heart and love for the club and the stuff he does on match days and you know going up to clean up the ground and stuff like that young lads like Ryan Segal and people like that like Luke Ryan people like they need Hastings United a bit of normality in what has been the most bizarre year we'll ever imagine in our life and get what they love back rather than now nah, it's too hard to it's way too hard to actually think so we're not going to think we're just going to push it back and hope for the best later. Just think. Just, it's not a one-pronged approach for everyone. It's really not. Let's, let's, even if it was just teams outside of tier two, outside of tier three, play their games. If in the fixtures this, they have a tier three game. The tier three team has the option to play it or not, or to reverse the fixture. If they don't want to do either, fine. No big deal. We don't play that weekend. But then we might have Hayward's Heath the weekend after. You know, we might be going off to Burgess Hill where we can play. And and that shouldn't be stripped away from us. If we've played 19 games and Ashford Town have played 12, um, Ashford United, sorry, not Ashford Town. I don't want to play them again. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. They've only played 12 and they've got to catch up. That could happen anyway from mm. waterlogged pitches, cup runs, all sorts of things. You know, there was there was one team I can't remember it was in our league last year that was probably six games Ch- behind. Chichester, Chichester FA Cup, run. FA Cup run. It happens. Yeah. So let's not just stop football black car, you know, blanket stop football at step three and step four because there's a problem. Let's find a way of getting it moving. Keep the wheels, t- you know, clicking a little bit, and then catch up later. So in our in our first year. South Park uh, had an FA Cup run and their pitch was notoriously terrible. I think you may or may not remember. They were playing, I think at one point, they were nearly 10 games behind others. And they and, and the league made them play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mm. to get Jesus their games Christ. done. And they, they were calling off games tele- as well, weren't they? So they yeah. didn't down so, the M25 and the A21 to a game. So, oh, yeah, because it was snowy, wasn't it? It was really um, snowy. So, but when we're talking about level playing field, do you think that's a level playing field for South Park? No, but it, again, it's it's people again, non-football people that have a that have their own agenda and manipulating the rules to fit their narrative. Yeah, but that's, a- that's what. The, do you know the worst part is though? I'm at a point where I'm not getting annoyed by it, and I don't want to get to that point. Do you know what I mean? You get to a point where you go, 
it is what it is. This is what we're dealing with. And I don't want to do that because, you know, again, like at the club, we try and set standards as high as possible in everything we do. We're ambitious. We want to kick on. And you just end up feel like you're banging your head against the wall because you think, well, what's the point? Because you're dealing with what you're dealing with, really. <laughs> yeah. He nearly yeah. said it, didn't he? I, I, yeah. I, I nearly, I yeah. nearly, yeah. Then I saw so, the record button in the top right-hand corner. Yeah. So, Billy, so when the league so doesn't cut start... cut it out, again, mate, don't worry. When the league doesn't start again on the 9th of January, because, let's be honest, with the mentality that's there, what, what's the plan? What's, what does the club do? Well, I don't know, George. It, it, the, the truth of the matter is we... If the league doesn't start and it gets pushed back or... or, or just it's suspended indefinitely. Then I actually question. I, I would actually question, and I would hope, and I would speak to other teams. I think there has to be a vote of no confidence in the board. There has to be. I think they are to ignore why football needs to come back is an ignorance to to being involved in football. And I think their positions in football should be questioned, just like. The National League Board were questioned about the way they divvied out the grants. I think they are accountable, whether it's money or not, they're accountable. And what they don't realise is, by not playing football, we will get cherry-picked. Other clubs have been cherry-picked already, by the way. You know, Cray, Cray Wanderers have. Um, Leverhead have fallen apart. Like, this club's fallen apart in football. Mm -hmm. Nine, nine of our nine of our players have been approached by other other clubs. Yeah, yeah, and, and the only reason the only reason they're probably staying with us is because the loyalty they have with the football club at this moment. But if they don't play football for over two months, right, or can't play football, say we go out the FA, say we draw a big team next round in the FA Trophy and we we get beat by the odd goal, we go out and we have not got any football to fall back on, and and there's the Sussex League is only six games, and you know whatever. We will lose players. Yeah, we will. We could potentially lose our identity as a football club, which means all the hard work that was put in before I got here, and has been put in a little bit whilst I've been here too, will, will kind of go out the window a little bit. And I fear that if we don't come back, and we are doing everything in our in our power to be back and be active in between, but if we don't come back. Whilst we whilst we we stood still um, stood firm and kept the fans in the in the, in the first lockdown because everyone else couldn't play football, this mm -hmm. time round other clubs can. So, what's to say that the amazing Hastings United supporter base doesn't get fragmented and ends up at other clubs, and we never came back? What happens then? You know what happens to Hastings United's identity? What happens to the winning mentality? What happens to the hardworking people that have got jobs? Um, via Hastings United. What happens to Sam, you know, our bar manager? What happens to these people? What happens to them? It's it's bigger than foot. The question was, you got to look at the bigger picture, but you don't play football. Football, it's bigger than football. It really is. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear. But at the same time, I'm not negative. I think we will find a way to get out of this. I think we will keep the the team together on and off the pitch. I think we will get through and not only get through this season, because I think the pressure will be on to make sure this season plays, but we'll get through this season, we'll win this league, and then we'll be waking up in the summer after the biggest party ever and going, how do we win the Ishwin Prem? How do my we get biggest, the league south? My biggest 
sense of optimism is not in the league starting again. It's not in a vaccine. It's that the fact that the FA want to restructure non-league and need some promotion and relegation. That's the only reason it will happen because mm. some suits at St George's Park need to sort out the non-league pyramid and they will make sure that that happens. That's because when what they yeah. want goes in yeah, the day, of regardless of football. So that's, that's why cool. I think we'll get a, get a result this season. That's why I'm more optimistic. We will. Just, we will get a just, result. Just on top of that as well, You've obviously got the Isthmian board, which are at fault for putting the vote to the clubs. I think personally, I, f- I think that shows a lack of strength in their ability to make strong decisions. They're sort of past the buck there because you're always going to get that when you put a vote out to clubs of personal agendas. I know for a fact as well, there'll be self-preservation going on in out in Kent. I know for a fact that there's managers there at clubs at our level that are praying the league doesn't start too soon because they're feeling the heat because they're not doing anywhere near well enough, spending an awful lot of money and have talked a big game. And now all of a sudden, they're potentially one or two games away from being removed from their job. So what they will be doing is lobbying, both on social media and to their board. Now we don't want to play, we don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden, time elapses, the league then gets put back and all of a sudden these people stay in their jobs. And I just think the whole, I think the whole thing stinks. It really does. It, yeah, but again, it's just, unfortunately, we just had to accept it and just try and keep our counsel and, and, and keep doing the right things and keep moving forwards. I, I, I'm going to make a promise on this, on this podcast. Mm. Ne- next summer, I'm going to apply to be on the board of the Ishman League. Okay. I'm going to and, apply. and Aggie's going to get manager of the month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only manager that goes through top of the league, gets more points and doesn't get manager of the month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get you a trophy for wisdom to get it in. Oh, no, no. By the way, Aggie, no, Aggie knows this, but he doesn't know why. He actually has the best Christmas present coming. So what we're going to do actually, what we might, if we get a Boxing Day game, we're going to unveil it on the pitch before the game. Yeah. You want to, want to nice. It's the best present. It's, it, it, it's, it's one of a kind. The only other person that knows about it is Dane Martin it's, and Darren Burney, who's the, the chief in this great present idea. And uh, we're going to give it to Chris in front of everyone at the pilot field. It's the best present ever, okay? I hope it's not a puppy club. <laughs> <laughs> great, trust me. I think, unfortunately, the Isthmian League knew what I'd do with a Manager of the Month award from them. <laughs> well, Billy, the present needs to be a big pen. That's what, that's yeah. what the present needs to be. All right, yeah. pens. <laughs> conversation. Um, on that, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit, but conversations are going very smoothly, George. Good, good. Well, we all like to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Could you give me his Porsche? <laughs> 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 I've decided after lockdown that that will not be appearing at the ground anymore. Oh, you look so good in it, Billy. You look no, so good decided, in it. I've decided it's, it's going to... He's getting grief about it. He must be, isn't he? It, it is. It just... It gives off the wrong impression. It's got a guy. Does it? Yeah. It's, 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 Holland, it's Holland United have made you get rid of it. And they've been... <laughs> 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 imagine. 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 Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't... So what are you coming back... What are you going to come in then? Uh, or just a Rain range come in. Lamb- range oh, just a range Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamb- <laughs> just a <sleeper. laughs> We'll see. We'll see. You get a Bugatti Veyron. <laughs> well, what I was going to do, actually, I was going to make the, the car parking spaces a lot wider. 
Because mm. my face is quite, you know, double them up and just get rid of the others and just have it as, just put my name along them. But I just park <laughs> in the other way rather than parking like, you know, parallel park, just, just park in. He's put the manager's bay behind the Cole Warren stand now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other side of the merchandise stand in that little yeah. <laughs> Mm. Well, well, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it there thanks very much for coming on Chris and Billy and obviously well, welcome. Chris. I feel yeah, like that was that. a really serious podcast it was quite yeah, yeah I mean I, we, we could do we could do a non-serious one uh, Chris sometime oh, I, I just heard the slagging match with John Wills <laughs> <laughs> well I've just actually heard there's breaking news from um, your mate Nick Billy uh, what they've come to conclude is that the league will be decided on each manager playing the other manager at Sabutio. And I've got your team here, Chris. Uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did anyone get a good view of Dicko's tackle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know that one, uh, Yeah, I am, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. important point. And yeah. the, uh, the chap, the old supporter, Bill, that you... We'll have to get Dicko on to talk about Dicko's tackle, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the way you choose your team for the next week is when you've seen your players tackle. Well, and the commitment. One, there's only one tackle everyone talks about, Hastings. That's yeah. only black. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, listen, absolute pleasure, lads. And um, we have to, you, have to, you have to come on again. I mean, I know it's something that a lot of fans have been talking about, wanting to know about. So it's, it's really great that you've kind of filled us all in on it. And, um, well, Chris, like you know, what you're doing in this podcast is fantastic for the club. It's you know completely definitely. independent to Hastings United oh, Football Club. You. But what you're doing and, and and the interviews that you're getting and the fact that people want to come on the podcast, you know, from Simon Ruckins to Peter Heritage, which I was I was listening to sweating whilst I was listening to it. Just yeah, he didn't slag you lot off or anything. No, I was no, asking. I was saying, come on, off, but Pete's got a lot of stories, and some of those stories aren't for aren't for podcasts. Yeah, and we did delete a few things. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But you know, it, for for Pete to come on, for Simon, you know, Ryan Segal to you know, that to bloke from Avery. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He should come oh, on. I didn't even know about all this heat that was going on. I don't yeah, know. ridiculous. But no you know, research done, Chris. No research. Ridiculous. I just thought we'd. Oh, anyway. But you know, just just going to your point of, of the of the and the and your and the point of the club is inclusion. So we talk about this whole one club thing, and it's not community by name, but it's community by action. The people that you've ever on this podcast, if you go through the episodes, just show mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a great reflection of of what the not mm-hmm. only what the club's doing, but the supporter base and and what you lot are doing around the club that really makes Hastings United actually the force it is today. So um, hats off to you for that, mate. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, mate. I, I, you know, it's, it's great fun being a Hastings fan and the positivity that's around the club. Even when I was talking to uh, Billy today, the, you know, yeah. I shouldn't say old boy. He might, he might, he might hit me. But, but it, even he said, he said, as soon as you walked in the door, he said it was a breath of fresh air. And I'm not kissing your ass, Billy, because I don't do that. Thank you. But like um, that, he said it was a breath of fresh air. He says that, that you know the job that Aggie's doing. We all know he's doing a great job. I don't, you know, everyone loves uh, everyone loves uh, Chris's ass. We've we've seen the Facebook page, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong type of clientele for me. Though. Yeah. 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 yeah it was about 720 comments, wasn't it, Chris? 700. That, I think. Yeah. I had- Nearly seven thousand likes. Not that I've yeah. been looking. There's a lot of money. In, there's a lot of money in the pink pound. A lot of money in the pink pound. 
But, uh, Chris, right. like, I think, do you know why I think it's, it's not just, you know, I've come in and been a breath of fresh air. I think it's just actually now at the club, we all just want the same thing. It's all it comes down to. It's like we all want success. We all want to want to achieve. We all want to see Hastings play at the highest level possible. Like when I was at Eastbourne United, I obviously wanted Eastbourne United to do really, really, really well. And, and I had a massive ambition to push them on. But nothing beats your hometown. And Hastings is my hometown. Regardless if I was born elsewhere, I've lived most of my life in Hastings. It is my hometown. And when that came about, I whatever passion I was putting into anything else, I could treble or quadruple by, by coming to Hastings and doing this job. And it's not financially rewarding. In fact, I've gone and walked away from an industry that was incredibly financially rewarding and could have continued in autopilot in that, in that career for the next 15, 20 years and retired, never have to worry ever, ever again. But I've taken the risk in spending 75% of my, my time rather than 10%, 20% part-time on Hastings United. And I've done it because the value of this club isn't by how much money I'm making on a day-to-day basis, but where this can go, where, you know, with the new ground and new facilities, what we can do for the community, what we can do for Hastings United, and where we can take it. I want people to, when people say, who do you support in this town? I want people to say Hastings. And I want them to say it with pride because that, that's happened with Brighton. Like Brighton's re-emergence and going back up the leagues and being a Premier League team. So many more people are Brighton supporters now than ever, ever. I never saw Brighton shirts as a kid in Hastings, ever. But now you see them all the time and people are Brighton supporters. Now what we need to do is we need to take them back and make them Hastings United supporters. And seeing the shirts in town, seeing people with, you know, I loved it. When we first like, released all the night stuff, seeing Robbie walking down the road in his polo shirt, brilliant. You know, absolutely <laughs> brilliant to see, and people knowing it, and 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 genuinely wanting to, you know, when you sell over hundred shirts, come on, mm. you, you're in business, you're in business, and and it's turning, and there's going to be people that don't like what we do. There's going to be people thinking it's you know, John Wills, or not even John Wills, but you know, outside the club, there's going to be people that think it's the Billy Wood show. There's people that are going to think that. It's going to be certain people that probably think I'm disingenuous with what I'm trying to do or I talk for England or I'm talking bullshit. But the fact of the matter is no one, and, and no one, since I walked into this club, everything we said we would do and, and attempted to try, we've done. There's nothing that I've said that we would do that we haven't done in this football club. And I will take all the, the banter about what I do in my personal life or how I tweet or what car I drive or I'll take all the banter in the world because what car do you drive I don't drive take the bus it's yeah, a Vauxhall Corsa isn't it I don't <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll take the bus to the ground you know that George but all those things I'll take all that banter all day long if it's if in 10-15 years time people look back and we have a hundreds and hundreds of kids playing football in this town on great facilities. We're educating. We've got our, edu- you know, our education um, system that's bigger than the academy is right now, that we have a full-fledged women's academy as well, that Hastings are in a higher league. Uh, all doing all those things, and I'm not part of the club anymore. That's fu- that, for me, is what it's all about. It's all I care about. It's not, it's, not self-gratisfa- it's not self-satisfaction for it. It's just going back and going in 15 years' time and, and looking at my kids and saying, oh, look, I was a little bit part of that. Was, you know, look, look at what's happened because we got together and did it as a team and, and got things to happen. 
And that's all I care about, really. And Chris will Chris will do what he does at the football club. And one day his time will come and he probably will move on because he's ambitious and wants to climb up the pyramid. And whilst we wanted to, something amazing could come drop on his doorstep. And, and we can never begrudge anyone like that, players-wise. That's why players have moved on. That's what, you know, Daniel Adjokar's moved on, should be playing games, haven't, not sitting on the bench. But he's moved on. Adam Lovett to Sutton. Jamie filled in and there's more to come. There's, you know, there's some very exciting news, I hope, in the next month that we can drop out there. And that sort of thing and progression is when, when people move on or when I move on or, or Pat McCrossan steps down because he wants to go, go back behind, you know, the, the new coal warrant, the new ground. You know, it's when we move on, we should be looking back with not with anger or bitterness because we didn't achieve something or because we feel that we were rushed out the club we should look back and go what did we achieve did we achieve what we wanted to if we did amazing and that's it pass the baton on to someone who's better because there will be and I guarantee you someone will come along whether it's in the next two three five ten years that is 15 million times better at the job than I'll ever be and they will take the club onto the next level that will happen and I'm happy for that to happen because that's progression for Hastings United. And uh, I think it's amazing that we've got Billy here, who I would say has the the means to keep Aggie where he is. I think that's the, uh, for, me, for me, that's the immediate, the way forward for the club in the uh, immediate future, really. Well, breaking a- news, breaking news. John Wills, <laughs> John Wills is Aggie in. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm shocked. News, the FA Trophy, COVID, the news today is that John Wills is now supporting Chris. <laughs> <and his manager. laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's melted now. He's got me on screen. John, you remind me. You, you remind me of a lot, a lot of people that have said stuff about me, and when I've been in their face, they've said nothing. It's, it's, All right. You got you got. You got to grow some balls, John, and you got to tell Aggie now. You want him out. You don't want him to sign a contract. You want him. No, it's it's easier to be faceless, you know, and just write a few lines, and, and you, you can say what you want. It's interesting what you said, Bill. Has anyone like read the book Legacy by the new about New Zealand All Blacks? No, I not read it. Any good? Yeah, it's brilliant, and it's something we took one of the sayings for the players, and we use it for all the staff, and what Billy's basically described I think is we say leave the shirt in a better place so whether that's on a training pitch on a match day or after you've delivered the session or from Billy's perspective on a whether it be on a commercial level or in terms of player recruitment you know we make sure that when we walk out the door we leave the shirt in a better place and I think if all the time you've got people doing that you can't go too far wrong Mm. yeah good good stuff well, I'm still shocked from John Wills. Yeah. Well, that's... the next announcement is John Wills is coming around mine for Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm bringing my kittens. Oh, I've got yeah. a new, newfound trust in him. Oh, bless you. <laughs> now, bless you all. Look, listen, absolute Thanks, pleasure talking to you lot. And I will, well, I'm not going to see you Tuesday because I can't get out of work. But, lightweight. Um, lightweight. Don't, well, listen, oh, you're going to have to... Hang on, George, George, shut up. Stick up your ass, George. Yeah. It's all right. As long as, as long as we keep behaving with dignity, home and away, like we do, mm. uh, let, let other people embarrass themselves, just like Ashford mm. Town with sex. 
Oh, we get in. We got. It's no tickets in advance. We're traveling like a million hours over the wrong side of a river to get. To well, let's place. let's just say this. If I was you guys, get there as early as you possibly can. Make sure you yeah. get in. All right, in chats. Well, listen. Cheers, lads. I'll let you all go. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, yeah, cheers, love you. All the best. Bye, bye. And that's it for another week, Hastings fans. Remember, if you want to give feedback or get involved with one of our fan roundtables, we're only an email or tweet away. And that email is hufcpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at hufcpodcast all that's left for me to say is I've been your host Chris Averick hope you have a good week and see you at the game finally New Haven Sussex by the sea.